0: Well, Brian, you watched Tetris. How was Tetris?
1: Oh, yeah. I did want to talk about that. And then I'll peace out. That's ah. fine. <laughs> um, it was really fun, honestly. Like, you guys should definitely watch it. And it was, uh, like, I need to look up and see what was real and what wasn't. Obviously, it, it was embellished. It's but, a fictional uh, art, yeah. I do feel like a lot of it was based on reality um but who knows what even is real now yeah i don't know it's so true. but now um, that now that ai can make video mm-hmm. it was fantastic but it also like made me even more angry that my switch is gone because i was like man it'd be cool to play tetris on my switch
2: you play it on your phone
1: i don't want to fucking play anything on my phone it doesn't have real controls I don't like using touchscreen to control a video game. It's terrible. I actually think Tetris it, works like really well. Touchscreen, like, I mean, sure, just it just tapping, swiping, like, I still don't like it. I like, I, I got, yeah.
0: You can't do no. the uh, cheese. I mean, it's the name of the strategy that the kids just used to get the kill screen. I guess I could link my.
1: Xbox controller too. I'll just carry my Xbox controller around. There you go. To Perfect. It to my,
0: I'll 3D
2: one. print you a uh, an Xbox phone controller holder.
0: That'd be fun. Yeah, you can't do the rolling, hyper tapping technique that. Uh, I suck at
1: Tetris. I can't do that anyways.
0: Blue Scooty used to get the kill screen on level one thirty eight uh, earlier this this year, January third.
2: Anyways, yeah, so you like the Tetris movie, we should watch it. That's that's yes. what it boils down to. Yeah,
0: that's I want cool. to watch. it watched,
2: out. I watched the Elliot Smith documentary that's on uh, Amazon Prime. It's called sad? Heaven Adores You. Uh, I mean, it's just sad that we no longer have Elliot Smith in this world. Yeah. Because cause I watched it's that sad. and I and I just went back and re-listened to like, his entire catalog of music and was like, there's nothing like him. His early stuff was always compared to, like, uh, fucking Paul Simon.
0: Mm.
2: And uh, and I get the comparison, but I also think, like, Elliot Smith, what made him great was he was so unpredictable as a musician. Like, he he had a formula, but it was not a formula that you could figure out. You know, I don't know. Like it was, like he was his own thing.
0: There was, was nobody like him. I don't know enough of his music. I know "Needle in the Hay" because it's in the Royal Tenenbaums, and I know "Say Yes" because Ben Folds did a good cover of it on like a nice uh, vibraphone Mm -hmm. piano thing. But I, I think if if you're gonna dive into,
1: go ahead, Brian. I'd say you should definitely check his music out. I'd probably like it.
2: If you want to dive into it and and find the most accessible of it, I personally think that the album X O is the most accessible, mainly because it has the song Pizzola on it, which was on Keeping the Faith soundtrack, which is my favorite movie of all time. How do I not um, remember that one,
0: I guess? That's interesting.
2: Because it comes in in the movie at a point where, like, you're not really paying attention to the song. You're paying attention to, like, what's on screen, you know? Yeah. But that's that's what made me start listening to Elliot Smith, was hearing that song in that movie, mm. you know? And and I was like, I need to own this. So I started listening to Elliot Smith then, and... uh I think 2007 was when he died, 2008 maybe, I can't remember exactly, but, uh, rumor has it that he stabbed himself in the heart twice. That's horrible. And that's a hell of a way to go, man.
1: That's badass.
0: He
2: was an incredibly, was it 2003? Okay. No, 2007 was when they released his album, the posthumous one, uh... Uh, where his a bunch of his friends completed the songs for him. Like he had a bunch of stuff tracked, and and they and he he just never released it. He was gearing up to release new stuff, never finished it, and his friends took the music and finished it for him and released it. Um, and they also in the documentary went into his band called Heat Miser, and that band's fucking cool, man. Like, like you want to talk about some really interesting indie rock that like probably set the course for what we now know as like indie rock heat miser is there like they are so good um but yeah i just I, I big elliot smith fan and i feel like not enough people talk about him and everybody should listen to his music and remember his legacy because he's just on a different level that's that's the only that's the only way i know how to put it um and then I also, uh, I've been watching the Ted TV series on, uh, I think that's Peacock. on Peacock actually. Yeah. yeah. I wrote in prime, but it's a, it's Peacock and that if you like Ted, the movie, you will like Ted, the series. It is equally ridiculous like, about the teddy bear. Yeah. It is so stupid and funny. Is it
0: still Seth MacFarlane doing the voice? It
2: is still Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Huh. Um, it is it is just incredibly funny it takes place in like the early 90s like it's it's so good like if if you like ted if you if you're not into that bear and how ridiculous the whole idea is of him then skip it but my god man i there, there are moments where i was crying laughing at it because it's so funny is to me max from
0: parenthood playing young young uh uh walberg I think so.
2: I didn't make that connection because I haven't seen Max grown up from parenthood, but that makes sense. Yeah, no, now I'm, I'm picturing him in my head and I could just look him up on the internet, but yeah, no, that's, that's who, yeah, that's who he is. Uh, his, his cousin in the show, the cousin whose name is eluding me at this moment, uh, reminds me of, uh, our friend Kat, like, in her looks and mannerisms, like, she looks like Kat, and she kind of acts like Kat, and it cracks me up. Hmm. Um, and just the way the mom and dad talk, because they have these, like, super heavy Boston accents, <laughs> and it's yeah it's just it's such a ridiculous show but it is very funny um and there's i think there's only one season right now and uh i have to watch the last episode still but it's i i've been thoroughly enjoying it nice um and the last thing i wanted to talk about oh i have two actually real quick one i'll talk about the garage grill out in northville uh if you're ever in michigan and you want a cool place to eat at go out to the garage grill in northville get the short rib it's uh fucking next level short rib, man. That was one of the best meals I've had in a long time. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was short rib on uh, garlic mashed potatoes, and they had uh, like sautéed Russell sprouts around it, and they covered it in, in a demi glace, and it was just, I, Sounds it was good. exactly what I wanted, man. I told the waiter, I was like, as soon as I saw short rib on the menu, I knew that's what I needed because I've been craving short ribs. It's good, and. And I ate it, and, and the waiter came back. He's like, "Was it? You know, what what did you think?" He's like, "He's like, it's one of my favorite things on the menu." And I was like, "That honestly, that's one of the best meals I've eaten in a long time." And I was like, "Let the chef know, like, that I honestly like this
1: hit the spot for me." Like, you should have been like, "Man, I gotta tell you, it was short on rib, but it was long on flavor." <laughs> All right, go oh to beer. man, Take us to I think Flavortown. it's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> later see you later the the
2: last thing i want to talk about are serving sizes what the fuck serving sizes for what in general who who determines what a serving size is how do they calculate that shit And, and here's my example are you ready sure i have a jar of mission brand medium chunky salsa okay it's very good salsa very good Uh, the serving size, mind you, this, it's 10 calories for a serving and it, I think it has one, one or two carbohydrates. Those are the only things I tend to care about are calories and carbohydrates because I have to pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. Cause I'm a fat piece of shit. Uh, the serving size is two tablespoons. Okay. This is a jar. The serving size is two tablespoons. Do you know how much salsa is two tablespoons? That's two chips worth. Not enough. Yeah.
0: Because the what, serving uh, size for the chips is like fifteen chips. How many? How many servings are in a jar? Is my fourteen? Question. Yeah.
2: Yeah. See, I in mean, my in my mind, that jar is two servings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so 14
2: so. is 140 calories. So that means, like, if I'm eating half the jar, that's 70 calories and, yep. uh, seven, roughly seven to 14 grams of carbohydrates, which is within reason. Yeah. And it's, it's natural sugars. There's no added sugar, which is a bonus for someone yep. who's diabetic. Um, But, like, seriously, like, who comes up with this shit? Who decides what a fucking serving size is? How come, like, a can of tuna, like, a normal can of tuna is, like, one serving size, right? But you buy the larger can of tuna that is roughly equivalent to three cans of tuna? And it's like, this is four servings. What? (laughs) Like, where's the science on the
0: serving size thing? To me, I think it's all, like... My my assumption with it was always that it is assigned by the, the manufacturer in such a way that, like, they want it to be, it's informational, right? But they also want it to be like, look how low calorie this is. So they have to thread the needle of, like, how big can our portion be before you would say, no, I shouldn't have that because the calories are too high.
2: In all reality, man, if, if. That jar of, of salsa said, "This is one serving" on the back of it. I would be like, "Hell yeah!" And i I wouldn't eat the whole. Th- I don't think I could eat the whole jar in one <clears throat> in one sitting. I'm choking on a tortilla chip now. Um, but <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> but like, I I just I can't I can't fathom being like like going like go to a party right. Like a like a like. Let's go back to the Super Bowl. Say you went to a Super Bowl party and there was a bowl of salsa on the table, yeah. and you walk up to that, and there's a, a massive bowl of chips next to this bowl of salsa, and you're like, I'm only going to have two chips because I know the salsa serving size is two tablespoons. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody's going to do that. Nobody. It's it's the, just like the concept of like potato chips like you open a bag of Lay's you can't just eat one you know the serving size on the bag of chips says like 14 chips but at like 14 chips of what size you know because they vary in size some of them do but
0: if you're eating Pringles it's different Pringles you can be more consistent with your serving size well to me to me with like a tortilla chip many of them are broken right yeah the biggest chip you can find is a chip is my. That's the way I would think. Well, of that's it. usually when I'm eating tortilla chips,
2: I tend to grab the whole chips like first. Yeah. And if I'm if I get to the point where there are fewer and fewer whole chips, I will piece together chips to count out serving size portions.
0: Yeah. So that I can eat within reason. As as my, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, so doing some light googling, it looks like the FDA is at fault for this issue. Because the FDA government regulation man. reference amounts customarily consumed which is used by food manufacturers to determine the serving size on the nutrition facts panel. I feel like a lot of sauces it's always 2 tablespoons, you know, you look at a thing for ranch, 2 tablespoons. You look at a thing for uh you know, any kind of dressing.
2: L- Another let's, I'll riddle this one by you, too. Like, think about, like, Chipotle, right? You go to Chipotle, you order a bowl. I, I, I'll I'll to go through my bowl. When I order Chipotle, I get a chicken bowl, typically, and I order uh, black beans on the side. And I order the uh, the uh, uh, guacamole on the side. And I'll order brown rice on the side. And those things, they come in a two-ounce container. Yeah. So, they're, Chipotle is telling me that one serving is two, roughly two ounces, mm-hmm. right? If that's the case, if if I'm not ordering those things on the side, why are they putting some massive heaping scoop of beans and stuff in the meal? You know what I mean? Like, the concept of serving sizes, like, should be standardized-
0: to some extent. Now you want the big government back in it.
2: No, I know. I I just I want to under <laughs> like I want to understand like who like why are they like coming up with this like they need they need to have like a better a better standard well, for ter-
0: determining what it does and does not equal a serving size. When I was trying to calorie count any of the times that I've been trying to calorie count, which has been numerous over the years, and even when I was successful at it, I found that like It was always a mystery to me of who was going to be consistent with the actual, like, recipes that are on. Like, you know when you go to Subway, they're like, all right, I got to put two and a half slices of cheese on this fucking small sub because we're not letting them have any more cheese than they're allowed to have. This prescribed three slices of salami go onto this BMT. That's how That's how Subway is with it, right? But yeah. when you come to, like, a Chipotle or a Qdoba, you absolutely are right. One dude's heaping spoonful is not the next person's, like, half a spoon. Like, it, it could be anywhere. So, like, finding consistency like that was always important to me from the standpoint of, like, even if I'm counting the calories wrong here, I'm consistently counting the calories wrong. And I was always good at having a very healthy deficit when I was calorie counting. Yeah. I'm not great at any of that right now at all. But I think like, yeah, I think like, you know, to me, being successful at counting those calories and things was always kind of like, I still need to be able to go out to eat. I still need to be able to eat things that I can't fully calorie count, but I can always try to overestimate a little bit, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what really, like, that that's what really grind my gears <laughs> about uh <laughs> the calorie counting thing was like having like I, I the amount of time i would spend in the app trying to figure out how many calories i just consumed and everything was so aggravating that it was like i got to a point where i'm like this is not worth it like i'm it makes me so angry that i'm spending all this time doing this when i could be doing something else yeah yeah my time my time's could. worth more to me than uh than my calorie counts
0: i wish you could swallow a, a pill that would just count the calories for you or something it would make it a lot easier but
2: I'm surprised there isn't like some kind of glucose monitor that can detect like calories based on like what's flowing in your blood you know yeah i don't know one of those one of those back of the arm boys i don't have i'm not using any of that anymore I have one left in the closet that I haven't like in the hall closet I haven't pulled out to put on just because the last, the last three I had used all failed on me. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. cool. I'm glad I spent $120 Start on these dumb fucking
0: things. Like, yeah. So. Yeah, I heard Apple was trying to figure out a way to, to reliably measure blood sugar through the skin rather than. I thought one of them did. One of the know. tech companies figured it out but I it wasn't love, it wasn't like fda approved yet or whatever i would love to be able to do that through my apple watch that would be nice
2: honestly it, sh- it should be it, it, everybody should have the ability to do that because for sure I, I don't know the statistic i think it's one out of every three people is diabetic or pre-diabetic and doesn't even know it yep like that's crazy yep. to me I mean, I honestly think what's saving my ass now is that I don't drink pop like I used to. Yeah. Um, I drink
0: sugar-free pop now, which isn't much better, I suppose, but. Well, I think it is from, it's better for you than high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. No, for sure. In a lot of ways. But.
2: Anyways, those
0: were all my topics
2: for side questing.
0: No, that's cool. I uh, I don't know that I have a whole lot else to say. I guess that's since, cool. Since, <laughs> <laughs> since our last episode, I have finished both True Detective Season 4, which is True Detective Night Country, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon Prime. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, full-hearted thumbs up. It's so fucking good. Like, it is great. It's an incredible show. Um, and I thought Donald Glover and Maya Erskine both incredible Donald Glover created the show and wrote a lot of the episodes and co-wrote a lot of the episodes yeah. very very good worth checking out for anybody who has a Prime subscription Um, and then True Detective I thought the finale was a mess and that made me kind of sad I like the answer to the mysteries that they were asking or that they they, they were teasing throughout the season. I think the answers that they arrive at um, were good, but I don't necessarily like how they got there and I felt like for a six-episode season it probably could have been a more satisfying seven or eight-episode season would be my guess because a lot happens in that last episode and it doesn't all feel like it naturally unfolds. So I'm sad about how it all went down, but honestly I feel like I liked it more than seasons two and three.
2: Did it so, um, Did they did it have any ties to the previous seasons
0: or no? I think that's one of the things that people are most angry about. Because there are some very lip service level references to things from season one that don't, I think don't, if you're going into They don't into pay this, off. They're not, I wouldn't even say they don't pay off. I very much kind of knew that that was coming because I was like. I don't think they would make these references that they're making if they were going to pay them off in that kind of way. Yeah. And so I felt like I knew from the beginning that we weren't going to get something like that. And so I was very much okay with it. That being said, I think Tim mentioned something on our Discord. They do, somebody does, does utter the words time is a flat circle and it was very groan inducing in the finale of like y- you flew a little too close to the sun in that regard like uh, you don't need to be recycling lines from season one like so the, and the the big story behind the season is that the creator of the season Issa Lopez who is not Nick Pizzolatto who created True Detective in the beginning but it's an HBO show now so they can do whatever they want to do with it. Issa Lopez wrote a story called Night Country and shopped it around and HBO saw it and was like, hey, this is really great. You should make it True Detective. And I think she was like, okay. And I feel like this show might have been seen by fewer people if it was just called Night Country but I think it probably would have been A little bit better and a little better received if it wasn't...
2: Yeah, and if there wasn't all these, like, true detective bits being just, like, ham-fisted
0: in there, like... Yeah, yeah. I don't quite understand why she made the choice to do it quite the way that she did do it, but... Right. But I do, overall, I think I enjoyed the show. I just wish the finale was better. Jodie Foster's fucking incredible.
2: Yeah, I, I need, like, I don't have HBO anymore, but I really should just fired up to watch that because i do
0: i like jody foster and i yep. like true detective so i think you would um, like it i think you would find things to like about it even if you know it doesn't quite land the plane i think um i think it's worth a watch
2: yeah i mean i was i i was hoping season three would have more ties to the first season than it did um just because i think the first season is so perfect like oh yeah in yeah. so many ways, and I just I like the premise of the first season a lot and the whole like occult conspiracy theory government you know sex club bullshit like I love all of that stuff like and and i th- I think season one did a really good job of making making those things even more interesting uh considering who was. Who was at the helm of of everything, and and who who the lead actors were in that? Like they they did a, a fucking bang up job of all of that. So when they started referencing uh, season one in season three, I was like, oh man, I was I got all excited about it, but it was it was just this like in passing news article thing. I think was what it was. They showed like a newspaper article talking about something from the first season and i was like that's it that's all we get like yeah. that sucks
0: i forgot but, about that but i remember yeah
2: yeah I it mean, was literally it was like it was literally like a 15 second thing and then it was like over with and i'm like oh, come on mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean i think uh, as soon as season two was announced that it was going to be like uh, like the, the show was going to be an anthology i think there was this like desire that I remember talking to like Nick and them about where it was going to be like is season 5 going to be like you know Russ Cole drives up to the protagonist of the season in a van and says get in fuckers we're going to Carcosa like it could have been like this just like insane team up of true detectives throughout the seasons but I I, I mean, that would probably be funny, but I don't know that it would be good. <laughs>
2: yeah, but. for sure. I mean, I like the idea of it being an anthology series, but I think if it had some core piece that tied it together, didn't have to be a character, it could just be a concept, you know, um, I think that would be really cool. And I yeah. I'm just kind of disappointed it didn't have more of that throughout because I think it
0: would have made it even more interesting for me personally. So, yeah. Yeah. I wish the, like, the interesting thing is season one. I feel like weaves the supernaturally horrorness of it into like the gritty realism, a lot more deft than any of the other seasons do. And this most recent season I feel like leaned into the supernatural a lot more, but I always felt like this is true detective. It's going to fall back on the real humans did bad shit. Right. Yeah. So I feel like, um, I feel like they have never quite struck that balance the right way again. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it just, it kind of made me like, like I, True Detective Season 1 was almost some form of, like, X-Files, but, like, more serious and less, like, campy. And I liked that. Yeah. Like, it would be cool to have to have a series of paranormal detective kind of thing. You know, a normal detective in a paranormal experience done in, in that manner. I like that idea, and I would like to see more of that idea, like, played out, um, and especially to see fucking Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson doing that, mm-hmm. like, what a what a great, great
0: duo. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, so, like, that idea of, like, the, the gritty detective story, but in a universe where there is some paranormal thing at play, like, I, I, I would love to see more of that. Um, at that at that level of performance and direction, and I just I and don't know that's that's what I missed in the other season season three. I still haven't watched season two. That's what I missed in season three was not getting enough of that.
0: Yeah, no, I think season four. I think you will like season four with the way that it treats a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and so you know, and uh, Callie Reese is the other two the other the other true detective of the two the the main pair of the show and she's she was also very good with jodie foster cool and jodie foster apparently told them like i want to play of an asshole like i want to be just the most insufferable person and she gets to be insufferable in a way that you don't really see out of jodie foster and i found that very entertaining it was fun yeah that's cool I hope we get to see more Jodie Foster soon. Right on. All right. I think that's it. Nice. We're
2: all done with this side quest. Back to the main quest. Real life. Being dads. Yep. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.